All right, here we go. Motherfuckers, my name is Darian. I am back for another goddamn week of padded room bullshit and horror nonsense right to your earbuds. What's going on, everybody? It's just me. It's just me this week. It's a solo show. I am sorry. Uh, not exactly my fault, though. Buddy had to work last minute, and Jason's dog has diarrhea. So, apparently, both of those things are more important than doing a uh, horseshit podcast. And I have to agree with him, actually. I think that is more important. Although, I don't, I don't know about the dog diarrhea thing. There's not much you can do about that, right? If it's diarrhea, it's diarrhea. So, what do you... I, I don't know. Just uh, get, try to clean up after him, wipe its butt. I, I don't know. I don't know. My, my dogs get diarrhea. I just send them outside. Uh, they don't come back in until they pass something solid. You know what I mean? And even then, I usually give them another couple hours. But that's just me. I got hardwood floors, man. I can't be cleaning that shit up. If it gets into the cracks and the little, uh, you know, areas between the uh, the planks, that's a big problem. Oh, number one, it's not going to come out. Number two, it's going to smell for weeks. All right? So think about that. Enough about that shit. Um, what else is going on, man? I'm, I'm up to about, I can do about five and a half minutes in the ice tank now. I did six the other day, but it was after I did a couple shots, so I don't feel like that counts. Uh, five and a half minutes after a run, but I only go about four in the mornings. Um, everybody says this is really good for you. I don't know why. I don't feel any different, really. Uh, I'm cold all the fucking time, so I don't know if it's like lowered my cold tolerance or, uh, my wife says I have better skin since I started. I don't know if it's true, but, um, I like, I like to think that I look a little younger since I started. I don't know if it's true. Um, it's fucking cold. It's miserable. And if you, if you're struggling to tolerate something for five and a half minutes, it, it maybe that's something you don't really need to be doing. I don't know. I'm going to keep doing it, I guess. Just, I, I will say I feel, um, more awake and alert in the morning after I do the, uh, the cold water dunk. You know, usually you just get up, you take a hot shower, you go to work. I'm not really with you until, you know, an hour or two into my work day. Take the cold water dunk. I get out. I'm fucking blazing, ready to go. Um, I kind of like it the other way, actually. (laughs) I kind of like sleeping through uh, the first two hours of work, but that's just me. All right, enough of my horse shit. Uh, If you want to, hey, if if you're thinking about getting a cold water uh, tank, 
Um, go to Amazon. Don't get the one that I got. Mine is leaking like a son of a bitch. Uh, I got the ice dew. I'm going to tell you ice don't because that thing lasted all of about three weeks. And uh, it started off with a little pinprick leak and it's gotten progressively worse. I, I already ordered another one from a different company. Uh, it should be here Friday. I'm excited for the new one because it's going to be bigger. And uh, the one I got now is only about 85 gallons. I really got to scrunch and compact myself into that fucking thing. Like like I'm trying to get myself into a meat grinder. You know what I mean? Uh, the 85 gallon will hopefully at least go, you know, chin deep. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it works. Anyway, we got a horror show to get into here, dudes. Enough about me and my incessant complaining. I think it's time for some... Horror news. <laughs> Horror news. Yes, sir. I got a few things here. Uh, looks like Trick or Treat Studios is debuting an Exorcist, Phantasm. Beetlejuice, and Ghostbusters masks for Halloween 2024. Um, I like that we're already talking about Halloween again, <laughs> even though it's uh, been, what, two months? Um, I don't know. I'm not a mask. Dude, these things are going for like 90 to 150 bucks. I'm not a mask guy myself. I know some of you dudes out there are. Congratulations on that. Um, if I was a mask, I've always thought it would be cool to be a mask guy, to have like that wall with all the faces on it, you know, like you see at the Spirit Halloween store. Um, I I don't know, man. They're, they've gotten way too expensive. I get that, you know, with all the detail and all that fun shit. Uh, th- what, uh, very cool. Very proud of you. But I'm not going to wear them. So, uh, and on top of that, I got kids. And, uh, you know, they're going to, it's going to traumatize them, scare the crap out of them. So why am I, even if I did wear them, it would just make them shit their pants. So I'm not going to be that guy. I mean, I'll be that guy, but it won't be with a mask on. You know what I mean? I I prefer, I'll stick to my uh, Nerf gun sniper routine. That usually gets some shit in their pants. Um, Think about it. If you're, if you are a mask guy, you're going to want to pre-order these things because they go fast. So head yourself on over to uh, Trick or Treat Studios. Break out the debit card because that, that that motherfucker is going to which, whichever one you're into. I guarantee you, if you're if you're on the fence about it, it's going to be gone before you make a decision. What else we got here? You remember a movie called Book of Eli, uh, starring Denzel Washington and Gary Oldman? Uh, what was that? I, I want to say it was like 2009. Very. It was a while ago, dude. It was a pretty good show, post-apocalyptic. Uh, you know, Denzel and Mia Kunis were wandering the desert, cutting the arms off of people and listening to uh, iPods. Uh, prequel series in the works. Sounds uh, pretty good. Uh, it's going to star John Boyega. Who the hell is John Boyega? I don't know. I'm sure he's uh, very impressive, though. Um Really, the only selling point to me about Book of Eli was Gary Oldman as the big the big villain. Whenever Gary Oldman's a villain, dude, whenever he's anything, really, you know you're gonna you know you're gonna get a good performance, even in that shitty uh, boat movie, right? What it would be, other than that, and even that wasn't that bad. I didn't think. Uh, name a movie that he was in that was not absolutely amazing. You can't. You can't do it. 
I know you're looking at IMDb right now trying to find one. Mary is about as bad as it's going to get. And even that wasn't that bad, I didn't think. What else we got here? Night Swim. Anybody seen this thing yet? I was thinking about it. I was thinking about going to the theater, but then I decided not to because it is already available on VOD. And you can rent it on Amazon if you're interested. Um... I'm in no particular hurry. It's a it's a fucking movie about a haunted swimming pool. <laughs> get out of the pool. I think I think that's it. You're, you're done. God, just get out. Towel off. You know, uh, if you're gonna go in there, put those uh, water wings on so the ghost can't pull you down. Because that's really all it's about, right? Is people getting pulled down and drowning in the bottom of the pool. So it's kind of like the opening opening scene from House, where the kid goes in the pool and then he just vanishes. All right, well, if you got water wings on, you don't have to worry about that because you'll just stay on the surface. And not today, ghost. You have to tickle my feet some other time. I don't know. I've heard good things, so it might be all right. I'm in no particular hurry. Right now, it's like, uh, I think it's like 12 bucks to rent it. So I'll probably wait. I'll probably wait till it comes down. If somebody can give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down on this, maybe I'll I'll shell out the 12 bucks. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, speaking of bullshit, the Disney public domain horrorverse is expanding with Pinocchio Unstrung. It's going to be a Pinocchio-based horror movie. Now, all right, all right, see? Now, this is what we get. Um, is it going to... I got, well, okay, so before I take a big fat crap on this, which I'm not going to do, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to do that. Um, I feel like uh, really all we're buying these days is name recognition. You know what I'm saying? So you have uh, uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. It was fine. It was, it's, I, you know, say what you will about uh, the look of Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. And the whole the the nonsensical backstory as a standalone slasher uh, featuring a guy, some kind of a bear thing individual uh, killing some kids at a cabin. It's fine. That's fine. Um, but now because of the success of that, this Disney public domain horror verse is just going to keep cranking them out. So up next is Pinocchio. I know there was uh, talks about some kind of a Peter Pan human trafficking situation. Um, that's nasty. That is nasty. If you want to go down that road, let's, I said, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that shit, but, uh, this is, this is where we're headed. And, um, I guess I'm guilty as charged because I did watch, uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey more out of curiosity than anything else, but not because I wanted to see, uh, a Winnie, I was hankering for a Winnie the Pooh based horror film. More just because I wanted to see how they would make that make sense. So now we know what we're in for. Um, you know, I'm going to reserve judgment. I know it sounds like I'm taking a fat dump on it, but I'm going to reserve judgment. I want to see a trailer for this thing. There's no trailers out yet. It's just in uh, pre-production. So I'm, I, I, I got to be honest, I'm not all that excited about more Disney uh, public domain horror movies, to be honest with you. What else we got here? The Speak No Evil remake has gotten a September release date from Bloomhouse. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know if we need this. Um, the the we've I think at this point we've all seen the original uh, Danish, I believe. Speak No Evil. 
Um, we can all agree that the dad, well, both parents actually were major league pussies. And while they didn't necessarily deserve to get stoned to death, um, I mean, it's, how are you going to translate that to an American audience is what I'm, is what I'm wondering. You know what I mean? And it's supposed to be starring James McAvoy, who we've seen kick people's asses in the other movies. So him playing a giant pussy, unless he's going to play the villain, which is a possibility, uh, him playing a giant pussy is going to be maybe a bridge too far. Especially, um, you know, look, I don't want to bring any cultural differences into this equation, but Americans, eh, we're not exactly a passive bunch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We maybe kind of like to fight things and people and stuff. I mean, you give us a reason to haul off and clock somebody. Well, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. But more to the point, that was like the crux of the story, is that, uh, well, I don't want to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it, but some parents are put into a um, into some turmoil regarding their child, and when it comes time to, uh, you know, grow a pair and defend said child, they come up lacking. So I'll leave it at that if you haven't seen it. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, maybe. Maybe. I'll, I'll leave it at maybe. How about that? That is all I have on the horror news, you motherfuckers. How about some listener mail then? Listener mail. Yeah, buddy. Let's see what we got here. Let's start things off on the email side. All the way from Sydney, Australia. Here comes our main man from the Dummies of Horror. It's team. Subject line, rape. Really, Darian? What's up, everyone? Glad to have Buddy back. Hopefully he stays on and doesn't leave us again. (laughs) Well, Tim, I've got some bad news for you. Darian, I think you I think I have you. Are you cabin fever? Yes, I am. That was an easy one, by the way. I did that just for Tom Hardy. Uh, that motherfucker better have called in and have gotten that one right. Otherwise, I'm gonna I'm going to draw an unflattering picture of him, is what I'm gonna do. I don't know what else. Uh, so three on a meat hook. You want to talk about rape. Ha ha. So you guys both pick some brutal rape scenes, but I think I can top it. Number three, last house on the left. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that one is pretty brutal, and that one almost made my list also, Tim. Uh, what I, see, I think that one is definitely top five. I'll give it top five. And I, but there's a lot of rape that goes down in that one. I'm assuming you're talking about the big finale, or I guess middle of the road finale, where they rape the daughter, uh, and then she walks into the pond and kills her. And I'm also assuming you're talking about the original. Uh, there was some pretty gnarly stuff in the remake also, but, um, the original, I think, was, was tops in that one. The only reason it didn't make my top three is, uh, just the, the, I guess the, Cuckoo bananas, <laughs> uh, uh, for lack of a better term, of the of the uh, 
uh, the antagonists, you know, Krug and his posse of dipshits. They're, I get it. We didn't really have that gr- big of a grasp on mental illness um, back in the early 70s. So when characters had to be portrayed as cuckoo bananas, they just went full on and just did the, the wiliest shit they could think of. So watching it now, it's, it, you know, it, it kind of falls into that um, I spit on your grave. Where sure, it's a rape happening, but it's so over-the-top ridiculous, and the rapists are just being fucking cartoon characters, you're kind of like, eh, you fucking morons, get out of here. (laughs) The one thing that I really liked about the remake is that um, while it did, it kind of toned the cuckoo bananas down a little bit, it kind of made them into meth heads, a little, like, a little on the methy, white trashy side, so um, it made the cuckoo bananas a little... A little more believable, I guess. You know, you, you make them all dirty and swarthy, have them missing teeth and have fucking facial tattoos, things like that. Okay, now I'm on board. Now these people look like some people that would do some shit like this. Uh, all right, uh, number two, The Hills Have Eyes remake. Getting ra- raped by an inbred mutant just after he shot your mum and ate your bird. That was gnarly also. And there is a certain... <laughs> This kind of goes back to uh, Last House on the Left. Uh, a certain, I guess, hygiene level, you know, it, it makes it worse. Getting raped sucks, but getting raped by a stinky, swarthy fucker, that is like world's worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, okay, yeah, I know that you're forcing yourself, you were having an in, uh, unconsensual sex act here. But I'm going to smell like you now for at least another four days, you nasty fuck. Get out of here. Um, and number one, the sadness, literal skull fucking scene. Okay, well, I don't know that I would call that rape, though. Because if you remember right, when he pulls... <laughs> I don't know why we're having this conversation. But when he pulls out of her eye socket, she's like, oh, go, go harder or something like that. So that one seemed like maybe she was a willing participant. I don't, I don't I could be wrong. Uh, that's it for me this week. Hope y'all are good, healthy, and happy. I'm good, Tim. Thank you for writing in, amigo. Uh, other than the dog diarrhea and the overtime, I think uh, Buddy and Jason are okay. Let's see what we got on the voicemails. Here comes our main man in Alabama. Alan's in the house. Padded room. What's up? What's happening, Hope everybody's Alan? doing good. All uh, right. No terror dome this week. Negative. Meat hook, rape scene. What do you think I'm going to go with... Uh, the remake of us spit on your grave that okay. really made my stomach hurt. Yeah, that that was uh, much worse. Then, uh, last last house on the left. When I mean it's you know, when Krug's like piss your pants, the original one. Yeah. Um, I guess that would be considered rape. And, Whoop. Then I'm gonna go with uh probably the original I spit on your grave. Okay. Anyway, uh, Mr. Darian, are you cabin in the woods? I certainly am. And so, uh, Nefarious, I wonder if I liked it. I watched it. I'd heard about it. I'd been wanting to see it. It's not, to me, it was good. It was really not a horror movie. Uh, waiting Um, to hear your thoughts on it. Y'all have a good one. Talk to y'all later. Bye. We'll get into that in immersion therapy. Thanks for calling in, Alan. Um, I was not at all mad at Nefarious, um... Yeah, I mean, 
I guess, you know, in the once you watch the entire thing, I feel like it is a horror movie. But when you're watching it, it's probably more of a crime uh, uh thriller. I don't I don't know. It's a, that's a weird classification, the thriller, quote unquote. Um maybe like a uh, uh not like a crime drama, right? It's uh I, I mean, I don't know what else you call it. It's, uh, it's, I, I would probably call it a horror movie. I don't know. I don't know what, just because uh, I don't have any other classification for it, I suppose. Right on, Ellen. Let's get down to Southern California. Here comes Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey, yo. Padded room. How's my favorite agenda this week? Oh, it's just me. I hope everyone is doing well. I got no complaints. I wanted to get in real quick there. Um, what do you think? Uh, on the educating department. Come on now. Man, you got to be cabin team. You got me. About shaving the legs. I think you totally gave it away. That's what it was. Um, hey, I'm also interested in huh. your um, side flick there. My... Uh, nefarious. Yeah, I what do you think I actually had a co-worker tell me about this. He okay. Said, oh, man, it's super fucked up. It's super creepy. But you know how it is taking uh, horror movie advice from non-horror yeah. movie fans, yeah. you know. Sometimes I hear you, they buddy. say the stupid shit is so I hate that. Anyway, that's about all I got. Oh, I did want to get in on, I know we got nothing um, on the Terror Dome. Correct. But I did want to get in on the What Are You Looking At? Oh, you got some. I did get to catch a 2023 slasher called Final Summer. Hmm. Pretty pretty forgettable. Um, That's the worst. Low budget. Yeah. uh, Cheap little thing. I don't know, but it was was good for what it was. Okay. You know what you're getting into. Sure. Also, we got to catch uh, Three from Hell. This is a first-time watch for me. What'd you think of that? And, uh, yeah, got to say, man, I think I think Rob Zombie was kind of nailed this one in, or I don't know exactly what he was going for there. Mm, okay. One thing I did want to get your thoughts on, though, yep. is the, uh, if you remember, there was that scene where Baby Firefly is still locked up. Right. And she's having, like, a I don't know, hallucination, I guess. Of, like, a white dancing kitty. Yes. And she's all, like, meowing at it and stuff. Yeah. What the fuck is going on there? It was I, I almost felt like, oh, fuck, Rob Zombie's going to do, like, a Halloween 2 type thing. Yeah. And this is going to be great symbolism for the rest of the fucking movie, and we're supposed to give... Eh. But he just dropped it and never, yeah. never came up again, never amounted to nothing. But, I don't know. All in all, I... You know, you got to watch it because the first two were good, but yeah, I'd say stay away from that one. Anyway, hope all is well. Love you like family. Bye. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Thanks for calling in, amigo. Three from Hell. That is a... Oh, God damn it, Rob. Professor Zombie. Um. So I think... The, the, the biggest problem I have with Three from Hell is that it's not a horror movie. Now, we've seen uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, and we've also seen The Devil's Rejects. Say what you will about Rob Zombie. There is no doubt in my mind, or I don't think anybody else's mind who's seen either of those movies, that they are horror films. There's bloods, there's guts, there's fucking disgusting murders happening and torture and 
Um, there was, you know, a little dusting of rape here and there and prostitutes and you know, just your standard trashy, disgusting, speaking of bad hygiene, Rob Zombie, <laughs> Rob Zombie stuff. Um, we didn't really get any of that, really, in Three from Hell, except for possibly uh, when they take the warden and his family hostage. Uh, things get a little rapey there for a second. But for the most part, I felt like watching Three from Hell, I was watching a Western. You know, that's kind of what it uh, what it broke down to for me. Um, that doesn't necessarily make it a bad movie, but it's not a horror movie. And if you're coming at it from an angle of House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects, you're going to be sorely disappointed because you're watching a horror movie another horror movie, and then a Western. That doesn't really... I mean, the the mythos of the Fireflies runs throughout, but uh, I don't, hmm. you're expecting them to be dead at the end of Devil's Rejects, right? Um, b- b- bringing them back to life and putting them in this uh, Mexican ghost town thing, uh, it's just... I don't know. It's not the the creative route I would have went. Not that I know anything about horror movies, but it 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 became a, it became a western, and it took the the franchise into Western Town, and we got a big shoot 'em up with this uh, drug cartel, and uh, that's not what we really you know that's not what we signed up for as viewers of this franchise. So I think that's what Rob Zombie was going for, I don't know that it worked. Um, If you watch it knowing that it's a Western and you kind of just have to glaze over all the nonsense with the warden and his friend and his family, um, then then it might be a little bit more bare. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I want... Here's the problem, man. I like Rob Zombie. I met him once. He was a good dude. I met Sherry Moon Zombie. She was very pleasant. Um... I want to like all of his movies. So call me an apologist, if you will. Um, I I can't think of any of his movies that I'm like mad at, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people didn't like 31. I wasn't mad at it. Wasn't the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, what Seeing E.G. Uh, Daly as sex head twirl the uh, chain in her clown makeup, I thought that was pretty, that was pretty all right, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, uh, what else you got? Uh, the Halloween. I know everybody hated it cause you know, Michael Myers is a white trash guy. Um, same thing with Halloween too. I wasn't mad at Halloween too, to be honest with you. I know a lot. All right. Well, I'm going to, before I go off on some giant rant, I'm going to stop myself right now. Normally this is where Jason and buddy tell me to shut up, but back to the point, I'm a Rob Zombie apologist. I uh, will find something to like in all of his movies, even if it's just like the surreal expressionism or the abstract art, you know, uh, imagery and the color palette and all that stuff. There's usually something I can latch on to. Um, I've only seen Three from Hell once. I have no intention of watching it again anytime soon. If they put out some kind of a Firefly family box set, I'll probably grab that. But until then, eh, whatever. Um, yeah, so that's it on the listener mail. I think it's time to get into a movie. Oh, thank you, Alan, Tom Hardy, Tim. You guys are the best. I think I think you guys are the only ones still listening to this show, by the way. <laughs> Is there anybody else out there? 
Mental Health Hotline is area code 775-387-0275. You know what? Just call it and be like, hey, I'm listening, and then hang up. That would be that would be fine with me, just so that I know that somebody out there besides you three guys is still listening. Or uh, just go to paddedroompodcast.com, hit the Contact Us link. Booyah! I'll read your email on the show. You'll love it. In the meantime, it's movie time. While the rest of the world sleeps, I go to work. hard to make friends. Lately, I've been feeling like there's something wrong with me. You've shown signs of cirrhosis. Your glands are swollen. Your body's telling me you're malnourished. But you say you're eating like a horse. Sometimes I wonder what it would be like if I were normal. Listen, the other night, that wasn't me. Sometimes I get nervous. Okay. Everybody's got their thing. What do you mean? That they don't want other people to know about. What's your thing? It wasn't going to be easy for us. What was that shit you were drinking the other night? What? You know, you said it was medicine. What's it for? Hey, bro. Take it. The hospital don't need it, man. Hey, I can get some more. Again, Slayer. I like you. You mind if I ask you a couple questions? Hey, double. Hey, what the fuck are you doing, huh? Huh? To accept what I've become, what I've always been, it was time for me to let go. Buddy, it is Midnight Sun from 2011. Uh, this one got 5.8 stars. It's written and directed by Scott Liebericht. It stars Zach Kilberg, Maya Parrish, and Joe D. Johns. This movie is not rated. It's an independent production and very low, but well, somewhat low budget, I would say. There's uh, uh, Bob. Bob is in it uh, from Batman. Remember the Joker's number one goon, Bob? He's in it for a hot minute. Um, what do we got here, dudes? It's okay. First of all, let me clarify something. It's Midnight Sun as in father and son. S-O-N, not S-U-N. If you try to watch a movie called Midnight Sun, you're either going to get a Marvel movie or a, uh, some kind of romantic fucking thing. I don't know. There was some confusion about this with my co-hosts. Might be, have something to do with the reason why neither one of them is here tonight. So there's that. Uh, it's streaming presently on Tubi, if anybody gives a shit. Um, it is Vampire Month. So, 
as you know, you got you got to know right now where we're going with this. It's uh, this is a very slow burn, um, but it's also a very awkward burn because there's a lot of funny shit hap- happening here. Not necessarily funny good or funny haha. Funny like, what are you doing, dude? Kind of a funny kind of a thing going on. So our movie starts with a monologue, well, an internal monologue, I suppose, of a uh, a guy named Jacob. And Jacob uh, lives in Los Angeles, and he is a graveyard security guard at some high-rise office building. And uh, he's living a pretty depressing life, as we pick up. He's 24 years old. Um... He basically, I do. Has anybody out there worked graveyard, or is it just me? I did it for about two years. It was fucking miserable in a lot of ways. You just kind of don't exist for a while, as I recall. Um, you know, you don't. You spend all all night up, and even on your days off, you can't sleep at night anymore. So you just spend all all night watching movies, playing video games. Looking back at it now, I actually wouldn't mind because I could actually do some of that stuff without having to fucking battle my kids for TV supremacy. That's a whole other thing. Don't get me started on that. But back to the point, you don't really exist during daylight hours, you know? Uh, you got to, if you're going to do something, like you got to go to the bank or something, you have to do it super early in the morning before you conk out. And that's the other thing about working graveyard, not to go off on a rant here. I found that I would just wake up in weird places in my house. You know what I mean? Like I would, I would sit down to like eat dinner or breakfast, whatever, lunch, and then I would wake up in the kitchen a couple hours later. Like what the fuck happened? I guess I fell asleep while I was sitting here, or I would wake up on the floor. It's weird, man. I don't recommend it. It's probably not a healthy lifestyle that graveyard thing. Anyway, he works graveyard, and he's very sickly looking. He's very pale, and he. I don't think he weighs more than 110 pounds, and uh, we find out through this dialogue that he's basically wasting away. He's miserable and depressed. Uh, No friends, no girlfriend. Uh, He lives in a basement apartment, which is even more miserable. His one work acquaintance, which is the janitor, played by the guy that played Bob, um, they're just kind of passing acquaintances, and they exchange pleasantries, but that's about it. And for the most part, nothing ever happens at this... um, uh, office building, so he's basically paid to sit behind a podium for eight hours a night, and that's it. And that really sucks. So already you got to feel bad for the guy, right? So eventually we we kind of learn all this. I'm gonna glaze through a lot of this because there's a lot of like uh, him walking around at night <laughs> and uh, him looking in the mirror and uh, things like that. So this may be a bit of a short walkthrough because. You know, not a lot happening here. Eventually, he, uh, you know, gets a night off and he goes to a bar where he sits awkwardly by himself. And as he's leaving the bar, he happens upon a quote-unquote cigarette girl doing cocaine in the alley. He doesn't see the cocaine part. I don't know that they still have the cigarette girl anymore. And to be honest with you, I don't know that... Um, she actually worked there, or if that was just like a side hustle for her, she like went and bought all the cigarettes, but she had like all the, uh, neon, uh, bracelets and all that shit. And I guess she just walked around with that, um, weird over the shoulder tray thing that they used to have. These, they used to have these in all the Reno casinos. 
They would sell yo-yos and uh, fucking little toys and candies and stuff like that. Uh, I guess they still have them, or at least they did in 2011, at certain Los Angeles nightclubs. Anyway, he happens upon her and she's like, hey, you want to buy a blow pop? And he's like, uh, she's like, you know, it's a fucking Tootsie Roll with a lollipop. And he's like, okay. She's like, what flavor do you want? He's like, grape. So she gives him a grape thing. And then uh, she's kind of cute. We meet her. Her name's Mary. Eventually, they have a uh, take a. She takes like a break with him, and they kind of hang out. And she basically confides her whole life story to him because she just did cocaine. So that's what that's what people do when they're high on cocaine. They'll spill the fucking guts. And if you are not in the mood to hear that, you'll quickly realize, oh, this person's on cocaine. I'm gonna head on down the road here. Unfortunately for poor Jacob. Uh, he doesn't have anywhere to go, and he doesn't have anybody else to talk to. So this is probably the high point of his week right here, is the coked-up girl telling her, telling him her life story. Uh, we get a, a quick snapshot of her, her personal drama. I guess her ex wrecked her car, and uh, he's not going to pay her for the damages. It's some, some typical 20s bullshit. He's like, uh-huh, yep, uh, you ready? They exchange phone numbers. Uh, she's pretty cute, Mary. She's a cute little thing. Um, you know, appears to be early twenties. You look at her and you say to yourself right off the top of your head, this chick probably has some daddy issues. Just judging by the hairdo slash makeup slash weirdo goth thing slash you're a cigarette girl in a night, a Los Angeles nightclub at that. It doesn't necessarily make her a bad person. I didn't say that. Um, I'm just saying if you are a dude who is uh, looking to get laid, you can probably wrap this up pretty quickly, is what I'm saying. And she's not not unattractive, so there's that. Uh, and then we go back to Jake's uh, normal humdrum life of him being a depressed set of tits and uh, looking sickly. He goes to the doctor, and the doctor is like, hey, dude. Uh, your lymph nodes are all, uh, you know, swollen and you appear to be malnourished, but you're telling me that you eat all the time. So I think you're lying to me. You might have cirrhosis. Um, you may also be an alcoholic. So take a look at that. And, uh, basically the doctor kind of says, okay, I'm going to refer you to a psychiatrist, but Jacob never follows up with the psychiatrist, which is something he might need to do. Um, eventually Jacob grows a pair and calls, uh, Mary again. He's like, Hey, what are you doing? And she's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go see a band here. Um, you want to come with me? I'll come pick you up. He's like, Oh yeah, sure. Get me out of this fucking basement apartment. I'll do whatever you say. So she goes to pick him up. And this is where we realize that Jacob is an aspiring painter, but apparently the only thing he paints is sunsets. And he explains this because he has a very sensitive skin condition, which causes him to burn very badly anytime he goes out in the sun. Uh, Very scary, and he's got like burn scars to show for it too, so she knows he's not completely full of shit because there's some scarring and stuff. Uh, She's like, yeah, wow, okay, gnarly. But she really likes his paintings, and um, she explains to him that one time she was watching a sunset and for a second, the sun turned green right before it went down uh, below the horizon, and everybody thought she was crazy. And she's watched a million sunsets since then, trying to see if it would do it again, but it never happened. And Jacob's like, oh yeah, no, that happens. It's called a uh, solar something or other, and it has to do with uh, you know the angle 
of the ionosphere and the reflection of the gases or some horse shit. And she's like, oh my God, uh, I'll be right back. And she runs into the, into his bathroom, does a line of Coke and then comes out of the bathroom and just tries to jump his, his bones. She like attack kisses him and like pushes him back onto the couch and she gets on top of him and takes her shirt off, but she's still got like an undershirt underneath. You can't see anything uh, and starts grinding on him. But because she just did a line of Coke, she gets the cocaine bloody nose and it like splurts down her chin and it gets all over Jacob's face. And then Jacob's like, <laughs> he doesn't do it like that, but it gets in his mouth and he's like, oh, I got to get some blood. Um, and that's about the time that she realizes that there's blood and he's like, what the fuck? And she's like, oh my God, it's a nosebleed. She gets up and runs into the bathroom and, you know, tries to stop the bleeding. And Jacob just kind of lays there on a, on his couch and he goes into like this euphoric state, uh, cause he got blood in his mouth. He's like, oh, 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 he doesn't do it like that, but you get the idea. Um, she comes out and she's like, uh, yeah, so, um, I, uh, I don't know. Now, a couple of things here. Um, first off, this is very awkward. I can't honestly say I've ever had a chick get a bloody nose on me during sex, but especially on the first date. I'm, I'm down to fuck on the first date, but, uh, Bloody nose, first date sex, that's a little, I'm not going to say it's a red flag, no pun intended, but I'm going to have some questions about that. Uh, Jacob's like, I think there's something wrong with me. I think, uh, uh," and she's like, um, I'm going to go, okay, and he's like, yeah, get out of here. So she leaves, and it's super awkward. (laughs) It's pretty weird, dude. It is pretty weird. Um, After that, you know, they kind of go their separate ways uh, for a hot minute because that was weird and that is probably not the best way to start the relationship. But I have I have some questions here, right here off the bat. Number one, we already know what Jacob is. All right, we're horror fans. We know as soon as he said he couldn't go out in the sunlight, we're like, all right, all right there, Jacob fella, uh, there, individual. We know what you are, so no point, no point in beating around the bush here. Um but he, I don't think he knows what he is. You know what I'm saying? So that being said, number, did the did the weird body reaction come from drinking the blood? Or was it the cocaine in the blood? Or was it probably a combination of that he probably never did, did cocaine before? Uh, so there's that. Anyway, go back to work the next night. Um, Jacob, uh, like, starts, he, like, makes himself a steak for dinner and then he drinks the blood off the uh, cellophane wrapper afterwards and he's like eh, oh, that's pretty good uh he goes back to work the next night and now he's getting like addiction like pains withdrawals so this lady is leaving as he's coming in and he like uh you know looks at her and she looks back at him and then he looks at her and then he kind of nods off there behind the podium but while he's possibly asleep he gets this weird nightmare vision of him like bum rushing that chick so he doesn't remember doing it but he's like oh uh i don't i don't think i did that but it was kind of a weird dream um and then he gets lonely again so he calls mary back and he's like hey what are you doing and she's like uh just getting off work 
And he's like, oh, you want to come hang out with me at my work? And she's like, oh. So she goes and spends a night with him at the old office building there, and they kind of get to know each other. It's very sweet. Very uh, very romantic, these, these two. They're falling in love. Isn't it beautiful? It's such a beautiful thing when people fall in love. Um, they go back to his place the next morning and attempt to have sex a second time. Uh, again, with the attack makeout session as they come in the door. Very hot. Uh, shirts are coming off. Uh, things are getting unbuttoned. Uh, she lays down on the couch and like pulls him on top of her. And then out of nowhere, she's like, uh, dude, your eyes. And he's like, what? She's like, there's something wrong with your eyes, man. What's up? So he jumps up and runs into the, uh, the bathroom and his eyes are like bright yellow, like va- they're vampire eyes, dude. Okay. We know it. We know what's going on. Uh, he jumps out of the bathroom and he's like, uh, I think you should go. I think I have something. It might be contagious. He's got like a, uh, blood, a blood thing he got from the butcher in the fridge. He runs and slams it real quick. And she's like, what is that you're drinking? And he's like, it's just medicine. Don't worry about it. You got to get out of here. Uh, she's like, no, man, I want to help you. And he's like, I'll be fine. She, he put, puts some shades on and then she takes them off him. And now his eyes are back to normal and everything seems cool. But he's still pretty freaked out about this. So he's like, hey, I need you to get the fuck out of here because I, uh, I think there's, uh, I got something and it might be contagious. And she's like, can I ask you something? Give me one of your, your sunset paintings. And he's like, yeah, just take whatever you want. Just get the fuck out of here. So she takes one of his paintings and goes home. Great. Now we cut back to uh, Jacob the next night. A detective comes by asking about a brutal murder that took place somewhere in that neighborhood the night before involving the uh, young lady that was walking out. So that's pretty gnarly. Uh, Now Jacob is thinking, yes, I probably did kill that chick and I didn't, I don't remember doing it, but I kind of do, but I didn't mean to. I don't know what happened. So hopefully everything's cool with that. I don't, I don't know. Um, that's pretty cool. Now he's out walking the streets. He he gets he's starting to understand that he has a craving for blood, and that's going to be a, a bit of a problem. So he goes to, I uh, assume, a hospital, and he just kind of hangs out by the dumpster out back, hoping that uh, somebody comes and throws some blood away. He takes a crowbar, and a dude comes out and throws a bunch of bags away, and then he locks the dumpster up. And then Jacob runs over with his crowbar and starts trying to pry it open. And then the dude comes back and uh, he's like, hey, man, what are you doing? And this is where we meet our blood pusher guy by the name of Marcus. Uh, Marcus is like, hey, what are you doing? What are you trying to break in there for? And Jacob's like, oh, just just a guy with a crowbar here. Don't mind me. So Marcus is like, I think you're looking for blood. So he takes a blood packet out. He throws it at him. And Jacob's like, oh, yeah. Uh, Marcus says 150 bucks, meet me out here anytime, any night about this time. And, uh, from now this one's free. Next one's 150 bucks. So there's that. And Jacob's like, yes, score. I got a blood supplier. Perfect. So Jacob's pretty cool after that for a while, uh, until he actually, from there, he's like thinking, okay, okay, man, I think, uh, I think I may have a problem of some magnitude here. I can't go out in the sunlight. I got a craving for blood. I feel much better after I drink blood. I look much better after I drink blood. I might be a vampire. Fuck. So he does what any educated man would do. He goes to the local uh, VHS rental store, which apparently they still had in 2011 in uh, Los Angeles. 
They might still have them now down there. I don't know. Uh, and he rents Fright Night from 1985, starring Chris Sarandon and uh, uh, what's his name there? Those other guys. Uh, you've seen it. You've seen Fright Night. So he's like, okay, I'm going to do some research. Goes home and watches Fright Night and uh, pops it in. He gets to the part where evil gets killed with a crucifix. So he pops a crucifix out and puts it on his forehead the same way Peter Vincent did to evil in the movie, but he doesn't get burned or anything. So he's like, oh, whew. okay, I just passed the vampire. I'm not a vampire. I passed that test. So, you know, maybe I just have um, an iron deficiency or something. <laughs> so he's feeling pretty good about that. He's not a vampire. He doesn't think he's a vampire. So good for him. Um, another night goes by. Uh, he uh, goes to see his drug, his blood pusher, Marcus. Now he's like fiending because apparently it's been a week or two and uh, he starts beating on the hospital door and some lady comes out. She's like, what? What are you doing, dude? And he's like, "Uh, I got to see Marcus. Is Marcus around? She's like, yeah, just hold on. And he's like beating on the door. Now he's becoming a blood junkie is what he's doing. And Marcus comes out and like shoves him around a little bit. And he's like, hey, motherfucker, you're going to make me lose my job. Come back here in two hours. And then he goes back and buys more blood from Marcus and that's great. Um, And then he goes on about his business. Um... About this time is when Mary calls him back and Mary is like, hey, uh, I know you told me to get the fuck out and never call you again because you think you have some kind of contagious thing. But here's what, my man, my friend owns an art gallery and I showed her that painting that you gave me and she would like to meet you and she would like to possibly uh, set up some kind of a uh, exhibit or something, whatever, whatever art people do. What do they do? You would think they would just call it an art sale. Hey, here's some art. You want to come buy it? Come check it out. See if you want to buy it. That's not how the art world works, though. Because, I don't know, you don't sell art. You have to, like, go and make a bid on it and somebody can... I don't know. I don't know how that works. Uh, If you watch that new Candyman movie, they kind of half-ass break it down, but in a very woke way. It doesn't matter. Uh, Go watch Velvet Chainsaw if you want a real breakdown. Anyway, uh, he's like, uh, okay, sure. Goes to work that night. Some uh, asswipe tries to push past him, and he's like, hey, man, you got to sign in uh, if you're going to your office after hours. And the guy's on the phone. He's like, get out of my way, or I'll have you fired. And the guy, Jacob's like, I don't care. You got to sign in anyway. So the guy punches Jacob in the face, and then Jacob throws him on the ground and basically stomps a mud hole in him and gets blood all over his shirt. Uh, Bob the goon comes and peels Jacob off this dude. I'm glad Jacob beat the crap out of that guy. He seemed like a prick and fuck him anyway. Uh, unfortunately though, Jacob gets fired for that, but he goes home and like cuts up his work shirt and gets all the blood stains and eats the pieces of the shirt that have blood on them. Now, now you're, now you're being a little weird there, Jacob. Um, anyway, he goes to see Marcus again and he's like, Hey, I got to get some more blood. Marcus is like, well, uh, we don't have any tonight, so, but I got, I got, I got a plan B, uh, come back here and we'll go get you some. So Jacob's like, uh, yeah, okay. So Marcus and his brother come back and they pick him up in a car and drive him off to some, uh, shitty neighborhood, look like a trailer park where we find out that Marcus has like a blood supplier. It's some old guy, some drug addict, old guy. 
and Marcus trades the guy drugs for blood, and then he hooks up an IV bag to him. And uh, at first, Jacob is like, no, no, don't do that. Uh, but then the little brother pulls a gun on Jacob, and then eventually, you know, they come out, and then uh, they kick the crap out of Jacob because Jacob was like, I don't want it, I don't want it. And then they take all of his money, but they leave him the blood, so, you know, fair's fair. And uh, then off they go. So, great. Good for him. Uh, now it's time for the big art meeting with the art gallery owner salesperson. <laughs> uh, she's in love with Jacob's paintings. She's like, I want the, all of these to, to go in my, uh, exhibit. You know, she picks like eight or 10 of them. I'm going to put them all up there. We're going to have a whole, uh, debut or whatever the fuck they call that. And, uh, it's going to be a big deal. You're going to have to come and bring uh, Mary with you since she's your, she gets a finder's fee, we find out. So Mary is very interested in this. And, um, you know, come back and we're going we're gonna to do a whole thing. We're going to sell these fucking things. It's going to be awesome. And you're going to love it. You're going to make a lot of money. And you could maybe be a professional painter somehow. So uh, Jacob's all excited about that, especially since he's now unemployed. Uh, about that time, the uh, detective shows up at Jacob's apartment. He's like, hey, man. Let's come on down to the station with me. We got to have ourselves a little chit chat about this missing or uh, this murdered young lady outside of your office building. So they take Jacob down to the uh, the precinct. They start asking him questions. Uh, Jacob's like, you know, I I uh, I got to be honest with you, uh, detective. I think I um, I might have killed her. I might have drained her blood. As, as I had a dream that I did it. And the detective is like, no, Jacob, you didn't kill her. But we just think you might have seen something that night that can point us to who who killed her. And he's like, I think I killed her and drained her blood. I'm telling you right now. I might, you want me to confess? I don't know. I don't remember doing it. But there's a good possibility that I did it. Because apparently I have a problem with this. And at this point, the detective is like, you know, I'm, I'm getting out of here, you crazy person. Jacob stands up and like uh, bumps into the detective. And the uh, case folder... Uh, pops open and there's a, a picture of the corpse of the young lady and she was actually burnt to a fucking crisp so fuck jacob is quickly doing the math and realizing oh shit um i may have uh turned her into a vampire inadvertently and then she went out in the sunlight and got herself burnt to a crisp so that's what's really going on he's like oh shit shit so he runs out uh, then they go to the art exhibit. Um, actually, before that, uh, Marcus he goes to see Marcus, and Marcus doesn't have any blood, so he gets into like a fist fight, and Jacob kills him. Um, he this one was actually accidental. Like in the struggle of the fist fight, he uh, pushes Marcus over, and Marcus lands on a uh, like a fucking broken bottle on his neck. Seems very improbable if you think about it, but he does punctures the jugular vein. Jacob drinks all of Marcus's blood, and Marcus goes missing. Uh, that's That sucks. Um, well, we clearly already know what happened. Marcus is now a vampire also. So from there, uh, we go to the art exhibit. Um, they pull up to the art exhibit, which is now this big swinging party at the art gallery. And at the last minute, Jacob's like, I don't want to do this. And Mary's like, ah, well, you probably should. And he's like, nah. And then Mary's like, all right, we'll just go somewhere else. So they drive up into the Hollywood Hills and they're having a makeout session uh, on the car. And then out from the shadows pops Marcus's little brother. And he pulls a gun on him and he's like, hey, where is Marcus? 
And Jacob's like, uh, I don't fucking know, man. Uh, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't know where he is. And he's like, tell me where Marcus is or I'm going to kill your girlfriend. Jacob's like, hey, put the fucking gun down. And then the gun accidentally goes off and shoots Mary right in the chest. Uh, the kid gets freaked out. Jacob takes the gun away from him, but the kid runs away. Uh, Jacob is now sitting there with the gun and uh, Mary, who's bleeding out with a gaping hole in her chest. So Jacob, kind of going vampire mode, just like starts sucking the blood out of the bullet wound and gets the bullet out also because I guess he can do that. And then the wound just heals itself. So that's awesome. Mary is saved. Uh, bad news, though, he quickly realizes that in doing that, he probably just turned Mary into a vampire. So he throws her in the car and gets her back to her apartment as fast as he can and uh, tapes garbage bags all over the windows and the doors to make sure no sunlight gets in. Okay. Very cool. We got that going for us. Uh, from there, um, we go back out. And we're trying to... He's got it, dude. He's got to find Marcus and get rid of him because... That's, you know, that's a loose end and there's a crazy vampire out there. So he's running around trying to find Marcus. Marcus finds him, unfortunately, him and his little brother. Uh, They pull up. They got a big fat guy in the car that they've uh, already put a fucking hose into. And Marcus now has burn scars because, like, he became a vampire, but he didn't know it. Uh, But he feels good and he's, like, strong. And um, he just keeps drinking more blood and killing people. Um, him and his, he like captures Jacob and forces Jacob and the little brother to be like his little cronies here for a second. He's like, oh yeah, we're going to rule the, we're going to rule the world. We're the only two, right? So it's going to be awesome. And, um, Jacob's like, dude, I'm not trying to kill people. And I definitely don't want any more vampires running around. So Marcus drives him to, I guess the LA river to get rid of the body of the fat guy. Um, He's making Jacob and the brother, like, bag the body up and move it into the river. Um, While Jacob and the brother are doing that, Jacob's like, hey, man, Marcus is fucking crazy, bro. You gotta, we gotta do something about this. And the little brother's like, shut up, man, that's my brother, man. Eventually, um, the little brother has, like, a crisis of conscience, and he's like, Marcus, man, we can't be doing this shit. And then Marcus pistol whips him, so that sucks, and... um, from there, like Jacob kind of sneaks up on or he's kicking. Jacob's like, hey, man, I'm going to punch you out. And then the um, brother and Mar- or Jacob and Marcus get into a fight. But then the brother comes back and hits Marcus over the head with a cinder block. So the brother actually did Marcus in. And then Jacob chains him up uh, to like a uh, fucking, I don't know, some kind of a wall thing there at the river and leaves him there for the sun to come up. And the next morning, the cops find a charred skeleton. They're like, oh, yeah, oh, no, another charred skeleton. God damn it. Uh, from there, Jacob goes back to uh, Mary's apartment, and he basically explains to her that they're now vampires, and, you know, that really sucks. And then they kind of have, like, a weird blood sex orgy thing where um, they suck each other's blood, and then they wear sunglasses. And that's pretty much the end of your movie. That's that's Midnight Sun from 2011. Um, I liked it. I thought it was a good show. It's a slow burn. You you got to know what you're getting into. I mean, if you look at the box art of this or even the thumbnail on Tubi, it clearly depicts a vampire. So you know what you know what you're getting into. If you're you're watching this movie 
under the impression that he may or may not be a vampire. He may or may not be um, just mentally ill. Um, he's a vampire. She saw it. She saw his eyes go yellow. Uh, he's got burn scars from the sunlight, so he's clearly a vampire. Um, it's just a matter of how far down the vampire rabbit hole we're going to go. Now, you take a movie like, uh, what is that, Transfiguration? The one with the little the little ghetto, ghetto kid thinks he's a vampire, but actually he's just... Uh, Biting men in men's rooms. <laughs> that one was more mental illness and escapism. This one is actual vampire. It, there's a lot of uh, actual like um, parallels between these two movies. You know what I mean? Uh, both of them live sad, depressing existences. Both of them um, are... One of them really wants to be a vampire. The other one doesn't want to admit that he's a vampire. But they're both kind of on that cusp of, am I, am I not? Am I just crazy? Am I undead? I don't know. Uh, and then at the end, you know, one of them turns out to be a vampire. The other one uh, just gets shot. So there you have that. It's a pretty good show. It's uh, streaming on Tubi, 5.8 stars. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair uh, mark for this one. Uh, streaming on Tubi if you want to check it out. Uh, I'm going to take myself a little break here, inmates. I'll be right back with some other stuff.
like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I am back, baby. Oh, daddy. Are we ready? Are we done with vampires? I don't know, man. I don't know if I am. I'm, it's a good subgenre to dig deep into. No pun intended. Um, we got one more week of, uh, Vampire Month, and then we're gonna roll into something else, which I'm not going to reveal just yet, inmates. What I will reveal, though, is that it's time for a meat hook. Three on a meat hook. This week's meat hook, drug-related horror films. Now, this may be a bit of a stretch because drugs get used as a metaphor and a euphemism for a lot of the motifs that we find in horror films. Um, This last one, Midnight Sun, being a prime example, we saw Jacob's blood addiction grow along with Mary's cocaine addiction. So, that you know, you can see how that kind of plays into itself. So, there's a lot of different movies that drugs can be brought into the equation. So, kind of a vague concept. I've got my top three locked and loaded. Um, whatever your um, prerequisite is for this is absolutely fine. Let me start you off with my number three. little film from the late 70s called Blue Sunshine. You may remember it starring Zalman King. <laughs> remember Zalman King from Zalman King's Red Shoe Diaries? I don't think he ever actually appeared in the show Red Shoe Diaries, but somehow his name got put on it. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, Blue Sunshine. What a weird fucking movie that was, dude. So you basically have this wonder drug, right? And it makes people lose their hair 
and go completely insane and homicidal. But despite that, people still enjoy it and use it recreationally. And when the uh, homicidal thing kicks in, you turn on a dime. Like there's one scene where a guy is like singing karaoke and then his wig falls off and everybody's like, hey, you're wearing a wig. And he's like, oh shit, my wig. And then he just freaks right out and kills everybody at the party. Really weird movie. Pretty good show though. If you can, you sit through it. There's a lot of like uh, psychedelic things, uh, fucking colors whipping around at you, stuff like that. Definitely worth checking out. You got It's kind of a horror pedigree, I would say. You got to see it at least once. Uh, my number two... A little film, uh, I believe, from the early 2000s called Inner Demons. Uh, This one basically equates uh, demonic possession to heavy drug use. It's it's a found footage film, and it picks up with an intervention uh, of a young lady who's addicted to heroin. And we find out, as the story goes on, that she's using the heroin to keep the demon in check. So, kind of a, a fun little twist on that. Uh, you have to wonder, like, is she, is, you know, is this really, is she really possessed or is she just a drug addict? And we, uh, you know, she's using this as a clever excuse. There is that, uh, of course it's a horror film. So you find out at the end she was possessed and, uh, there's that pretty good show, uh, made a little bit on the cheap and, uh, you get a lot of the cheap, um, found footage gags. You know, we've seen them all. We've seen the shadows move. We've seen the uh, cup go across the room. You get a little bit of that. But what I liked was the equation of drug addiction and demonic possession. My number one is a movie that you may not have heard of. It's actually Adam Wingard's first film ever. This one is bananas. It's called Pop Skull. Um, it's pretty, it, I think it's pretty hard to find. I don't know. I had to get it from Netflix back when uh, you could still get discs from Netflix. Um, It basically involves a couple of meth cookers slash dealers that are using what might be a haunted trailer as a cook lab, basically. And some really weird shit goes down. You don't know if they're high on meth or if uh, there actually is some weird shit going down. First off, it stars the hot chick... From VHS, from Adam Wingard's VHS segment, the one where he gets the uh, uh, bionic eye and he can see ghosts all of a sudden. She comes in and rips her clothes off and fucks him. Remember that one? It stars that chick. She doesn't get naked in this one, though. Um, and there is there is a lot of uh, Joe Bagos type activity. Not necessarily with the colors, but when they smoke meth, like the whole screen starts flashing and you got to like, you know, take a deep breath. <laughs> you got to like maybe avert your gaze for a second to try to, uh, you know, not get thrown into some kind of a head spin with this thing. But it's actually a pretty good show. It's also made very cheap, but uh, the visuals are really bananas. And you can't help but think, um, if I did meth, would this, is this what I would come to expect? This kind of a light and uh, wonder show? Because if, if so, I don't want anything to do... I mean, I don't want anything to do with meth to begin with, but that, that, that's not a good commercial for methamphetamine, is Popsicle. It's worth checking out. I don't, I don't know if you can find it streaming anywhere, but it's definitely worth checking out. And that is my three on a meat hook for uh, drug-related horror films, inmates. It's uh, Blue Sunshine at number three, Inner Demons at number two, and Popsicle at number one. 
Uh, in the meantime, I think we've got some conference championships to talk about in the Terradome. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. We have no winners from last week, but we are in the Asylum Conference for the Conference Championship. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not much of a writer. The annual Glendale High Halloween dance had devolved into a banquet of blood. Teenagers lie strewn about the decorated gymnasium, dying and charred with electrical burns. Long-dead heavy metal artist and black magic practitioner Sammy Kerr had returned from the dead to revisit his alma mater and brought hell with him. But now, with his final album playing in syndication all over the world, he was free to move about wherever he chose and exact a bloody price in doing so. In a small seaside village on the Irish coast, a small band of teenage boys, Sammy worshippers as they call themselves, have drawn up a plan to bring the deity to the Emerald Isle. It involves removing an age-old obelisk, half-buried in a field just outside the village. The local Catholics believe that the obelisk is a grave marker for a greater evil. It will make the perfect gift to a rock god. For the Asylum Conference Championship, we have Rawhead Rex versus Sammy Kerr. I hate to do it, man. I really do, but I think i got to take Rawhead Rex on this. I, I love me some Sammy Kerr. I like Trick or Treat. But Rawhead is a force of nature. And he is just a big, disgusting ogre. I don't think a laser bla- a, a heavy metal laser blast from a guitar is going to do much to him, to be honest with you. In the meantime, I think he can just pick Sammy up and rip him apart. And if he can't... He'll do that red eye thing and mesmerize all the villagers, and they'll just swarm on top of Sammy. That's that's where I think we're going with it. I'm taking Raw Head Rex on this one. Let me know. Uh, area code seven seven five three eight seven zero two seven five or the mental health hot, or uh, email. Just go to paddedroompodcast.com, click the contact us link, and it'll take you right to it. Get me your votes by next weekend, mates. Raw Head Rex versus Sammy Kerr. That's a tough one, man. While you're thinking about it, I'm going to tell you what movies I got to watch this week. A little segment I like to call, What Are You Looking At? 
What are you looking at? Whoa, Daddy. I only got one movie in this week. It's The Passenger from 2023. This one just hit Shudder. It is, I believe, Spanish. I could be wrong about that. It's uh, subtitled, whatever it is. Um, Pretty good show. It's about a um, ride-sharing service that happens upon an alien crash. Uh, Things get a little weird, and I'm not just talking about the alien. Um, So the guy that's like in charge of the ride-sharing service is this old guy. And very quickly, everybody except for him and a 14-year-old girl get killed or converted into alien people. And uh, it just leaves him and her. And things get a little weird, like he makes some borderline inappropriate comments. But I have to assume that, um, I don't know, maybe 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 that's okay in Spain? I don't know. I don't know. She may have been she may have been over eighteen, but she looked like she was about fourteen. I don't know. I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm just saying things got a little weird between those two. And uh, take it for what you will. Other than that, it's not a bad show. Uh, there's some comedic uh, elements to it. Um, the uh, special effects are pretty good. Practical effects. Alien. It's like an alien possession kind of a thing. Like they get inside the people in the van, and then. Uh, you know, of course, the van's a piece of shit, so it's going to die every 15 minutes. And uh, they're going to have to get out and run, and then a couple more get alienized. And then it's like a whole vomity, slimy, kind of a goopy. It's not like a chest burster kind of an alien. It's more like a um, uh, jump down your throat. It's more more like Night of the Creeps kind of an alien. Um, but it's very slimy and more, uh, I don't know gooey, <laughs> I guess, for lack of a better term. It's not a bad show. Uh, it's worth checking out if you're interested. Streaming on Shutter right now. Um, that's all I'm looking at this weekend, mates. How about some immersion therapy? Immersion therapy. Evil is not a clinical diagnosis. So says Nefarious. Not a bad show. Um, I was talking to Alan earlier in the week. He said he didn't feel like it was a horror movie. Uh, actually, he said that in the, uh, in the listener mail segment also. Um... Once you get to the end, it feels very much like a horror movie because, I mean, it's demonic possession, so there's that. Uh, Sean Patrick Flannery did a great job. Uh, I'm not usually one to side with the demon, but he brought up some good points as far as, like, what evil is and how evil operates. Um... I don't, it's a good show. It is a good show. It's, it, it will get you, and it will keep you interested until the end. Um, once you get to the end, then you're like, okay, all right. Yes, it's, that's, it is what that is. That's, that's a thing. So there's that. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, you won't have any horror elements, per se, because uh, 95% of the movie is just two guys talking. 
It's uh, one guy's on death row. He's about to be executed. The other guy is a clinical psychologist who's there to determine whether or not he is sane enough to be executed. There's that. There's uh, some some possibilities of like uh, disassociative disorder, multiple personalities, things like that. In the end, it is what it is. And it it's pretty clear about what it is. So there's that. Not a bad show. I say check it out. Um, it's not something you can watch passively. You have to sit down and actually pay attention. I watched it while I was on the treadmill uh, earlier today. And with the, the closed captioning on, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a good show. Um, streaming right now on Tubi. Worth checking out. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be The Last Exit. Also streaming on Tubi, it's from 2023, directed by Matthias Honey and stars Jolie Richardson and Neil Limpow. Check that shit out, inmates. I will do the same and we can compare notes next week. But now we must educate me. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. Well, it is fall break from college, and uh, me and my friends are headed up to a cabin in the woods where I hope to have horny uh, encounters with my lady friend here. Unfortunately, um, a crazy homeless dude came out of the woods uh, accusing one of my other friends of shooting him and then got his disgusting uh, glop all over everything and now the truck won't start and we got a degenerate uh, cop that keeps showing up not lifting a finger to help us by the way just wants to know when the, when we're going to party again and uh, now uh, everybody's skin is coming off. I am of course Cabin Fever, the original, not the remake. I don't, should I revisit the remake? I feel like it gets a bad rap. I don't know. I don't know if I should. One of these days, maybe. I need to. I like the idea of hot chick Officer Winston. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, other than that, I don't. I don't know. I got to sit with that for a minute, I guess. Uh, who might I be this week? You ask. Well, well, me and my family just relocated from the big city to a small town. I am uh, opening up a medical practice. Well, actually, I'm taking over from the existing uh, town doctor who is retiring. Everything is going pretty smoothly um, until a body got shipped to my small town, which there was some things inside the body that I was not, uh, I, I, I don't care for those. And then they got out of the body and now they're reproducing with local things and goddamn, if we don't have a pandemic of these little fucking things, um, basically, well, they've re- I, first off, as the town doctor, I have a irrational fear of these things. Secondly, goddamn, is there a lot of them, and they are they're they're, they're overrunning the town. Um, good thing we have a professional on hand who can get rid of these things. Uh, he's a big fat guy and he's kind of eccentric, but, uh, 
when he goes to war, he goes to war, buddy. I'm going to tell you that right now. Who might I be, you ask? Tune in next week, and I'll drop some knowledge on you, inmates. In the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for me this week. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, sorry about the solo show. I can't control these dudes when they show up and when they don't. It's really up to them. I don't pay them. I don't know if you knew that. I do not pay these guys at all. Um, I'll ask them if they want something to drink when they show up. That's the best I can do. Sometimes I'll give them a snack. Um, join me next week for Blood Spattered Bride, closing out Vampire Month here in the padded room. Um, also, like, comment, subscribe if you enjoyed this show. That helps our visibility quite a bit. We do have a Patreon campaign running if you're interested. Just go to paddedroompodcast.com. You'll find all of that shit there. Uh, any info you need about us, how to get a hold of us, what to do, what we're fucking Terra Dome, Meat Hook, all that. It's all right there. Just go over there and look at it. And also, Tony posts weird pictures of me in on uh, gay porn stuff. It's it's fascinating. <laughs> I'll say it's fascinating. How about that? Uh, in the meantime, for Buddy and Absentia, Jason and Absentia, the movie Absentia, which is pretty good. Um, Little things that overrun small towns, dead guys they show up in, haunted castles, vampires, drug addicts, and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Put my hands on.